I'll start by apologizing briefly about the sound and invite you instead to take a deep breath with me and enter again into the beauty of this scripture that you are the salt of the earth, you are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hid. A week or two ago, I can't remember now, my boyfriend broke to me the bad news. I am a chronic under-salter. Now, I'm not one of those people who skip salt altogether. I promise my food isn't totally tasteless. But all too often, we sit down together and I say, this is good, but something is missing. And that something is always more salt. I'm working on it. I'm trying to be more free with the pinches and the dashes. But I'm really afraid. I'm afraid of making things too salty. This most recent conversation over dinner came immediately to mind when I read this week's gospel. Jesus tells the assembled crowd, you are the salt of the world. He tells the crowd, his followers, and us, you are the salt of the world. And I think hearing that can make us all feel the same way I do standing over a pot on, on the stove with a box of kosher salt in my hand. We hear that and we get shy. We hear that we are the salt of the world and we get cautious. We are the salt of the world. And I think that we can be afraid to be who we are. Because let's be very clear, Jesus isn't telling his disciples and the crowds that have come to them, Jesus isn't telling them his goals and dreams for who they can be. He's telling them what role he, he's not telling them what role he thinks they should play. Jesus is telling these people and Jesus is telling us who they are, who we are. We have spent this season of epiphany celebrating that Christ is the light. And here we have the light of the world saying, and you too are the light. Jesus, whose very body is the food and drink that nourishes us, is telling us that we are salt, which is to say that we enrich, we enhance, we can soften things, we can preserve them, we can purify them. One of the most precious substances of the ancient world, the key to flavor and therefore to enjoyment. We are all of that because we are the body of Christ. We are God's people in the world. We are a piece of God's creation with a vital role to play for the joy and flourishing of the world. And we can do all of that by being who we are. But I think we are afraid as Christians to be who we are. And that makes sense. I get it. History up until the present day, and honestly including it, is riddled with people who use their faith to harm. And Christian history is particularly brutal in this regard. Some of you here tonight may have your own story when Christian faith was salt that was poured in a wound rather than a balm in Gilead. So I understand our fear sometimes to be who we are when we look at history. But I don't think that's actually where our shyness comes from. Because we all know that that violence isn't the gospel of the Lord that we know and love. 
For many of us, I think our anxiety about being Christian in the world comes not from looking at history, but from looking at the culture, from hearing the popular conceptions that Christianity must be the worst version of itself, that to preach is to proselytize, that to believe isn't to think for ourselves, that to let God be the center of our lives is to force him into the center of everyone else's. We're afraid of being accused of things that we don't even believe, so we don't even try the richer, harder work of being who we already are, which is people who dare to hope, people who want to love, people who want to get up in the morning and at the very least try to follow God's law, which Jesus comes not to abolish, but to fulfill. We at least want to try to follow God's law which is to love God and to love our neighbor. We can't be afraid. This is the stuff we are, this salt and light. It holds wildness and the potential for bitterness and fire. But more than that, it was and is precious and necessary, and life just isn't any good without it. Salt is meant to bring out the beauty of everything around it, to enhance flavor and not to dominate it. And that is God's call to us, that the gift of who we are, that the strength of our power can teach us love and humility. Debbie Thomas, in writing about this passage, says that salt is meant to soften, not to destroy. That even when Christian saltiness has an edge, even when it incites thirst, it only draws the thirsty towards the living water of God. The salt of the Christian life doesn't leave us parched because it leads us to the river of the water of life. So this time is not the time to lose our saltiness, to give in to the temptation, to dial back what we were afraid to even turn on in the first place. See, Robert, who is telling me that my food doesn't have enough salt, <laughs> he's worked in kitchens, and he told me that the secret is that you have to salt all the way through, from beginning to end. It's a surprising fact, this thing that we think of as too strong, too powerful, too bitter, is actually the thing that is there from beginning to end and ties it all together and lends evenness and richness. And that is what we're called to do. We're called to be salt from beginning to end. We're called to heed God's call to live into the fullness of who we already are, with wisdom and without fear. We are the salt of the earth, and we are meant to pour ourselves out for the beauty and richness of the life of the world.